the place for breaking news. U.S. news, world news, everything. And where news breaks. we got breaking news happening this morning. You don't want to turn away from us at all. This is the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware, now on FM 1071. One thing that, of course, the American people need to understand is that officers are making entry into this building. Uh, they do not know where the gunman is. Uh, they are hearing gunshots. They are they are receiving gunshots. At that point, if they if they proceeded any further, not knowing where this suspect was at, um, they could have been shot. They could have been killed. And at that point, that gunman would have the opportunity to kill other people inside that school. What a cluster! I mean, it's just totally screwed up right now. Trey Ware here, KTSA. It's Red Friday, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. I'm going to walk you through as much as I possibly can on all this, but we're going to take your uh, phones, two, one, your phone calls at 210-599-5555. Yeah, I saw that. Um, okay. So in the early days, of, I, I, I get fog of war and all that kind of stuff, and it's true. It's a real, real deal, right? And, and you're going to get facts wrong, and that's why throughout this entire thing, I have what does this say? Also, the two officers who went in and were injured yet to be uh, interviewed by Rangers. Okay. Um, I get the whole concept of fog of war, and it's a mess, and that's why throughout this entire thing I have been saying let's hold off and let's be – I'm not going to speculate. I'm going to tell you what they tell me, right? Because I, I spend a lot of time, guys, working on this show, and I want to be right, and I do a lot of research. I just don't read the, the headline and come in and go, blah, 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 about the headline. I don't do that. I, I dig and I read multiple sources so that I understand what's going on, and then I call people. I actually call people and I talk to people that are in, it, you know involved in this and all that. So, you know, in the early stages of this, we heard the guy had shot his grandmother, and we also heard they, they had told us the grandmother died. Well, that's not true. Grandmom's alive. She's over at the hospital. But anyway, he crashes his truck, and we saw that. And these guys run across the street. And we saw that these, you know, one of the guys talked about how he ran across the street. And then the guy starts shooting at the guys who ran across the street to help him. And then he calmly walks up to the school. But then this is where they, I feel like, as of right now, we got lied to. We were told a resource officer engaged him at that point. And if you remember yesterday's show, I kept asking the question, why didn't you shoot him? And end it right then and there. And uh, But they, the you know, research re- resource officer engaged him. We were told by the authorities on the scene, and the resource officer followed him into the school. And I'm going, well, why, why, why would you do that? He's got a gun. Well, it was made up. And to me, in the fog of war, that's something that you don't that that you don't get wrong. That's something that just just clearly, in my view, made up. That's not like a detail that you know he shot 257 rounds when he actually shot 300, right? That could be a mistake, and we just got that mistake. No. This was actually, to me, that was a made-up feature of this. I don't know why it was a made-up feature. Hold on a minute. Elaine's giving me some information here. Uh, 45 minutes, still a long time, two officers are injured. Okay. So let's go with what we know. So at about approximately 1130, the dude drives up. He crashed his truck, and he drives up. He engages those two guys, shoots at those two guys. Sometime around there. Then he begins to make his way to the school where he is not encountered at all by anyone, and he walks into a locked door. Protocol is there's supposed to be a resource officer there, and the doors are supposed to be locked. None of that happened. Walks in, goes down two short hallways into a classroom, barricades the door, starts shooting. Police arrived approximately 11.44, 11.44. When the police arrived approximately 11.44, we're told a couple of them that got there went into the school. Now, there's some controversy here because a couple of them said they went in to get their own kids. That has not been confirmed by DPS. But a couple of them were injured, we're hearing now, as of this morning. Now, 
there were those who were in there who made retreat and went outside, and Lawrence Jones over at uh, Fox News is now reporting two stayed inside. They were injured, and they had an eye on the door, so if the guy came out, he wouldn't be able to you know, get out of there. But everybody else retreated and basically felt like at that point you got a hostage situation that a man had barricaded himself in the room is what Lawrence Jones over at Fox is reporting. Approximately 10 minutes later, 11.54, thereabouts, parents started to show up. And I told you about this on Warren Rima yesterday as it was breaking because we I started to see the videos of these uh, angry, pissed-off parents out front because the cops had put up their perimeter and their, and their yellow tape, and they were not letting parents do anything. And the parents were saying, go in there and get my kids. And the cops were saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're waiting for a tactical unit to get here. That was approximately 11.54. Approximately. So they did not go in, and they wouldn't allow the parents to go in. One mama gets there. She drove from 40 miles away. She was handcuffed. And when she was handcuffed, because she wanted to go in and get her kids, when she was handcuffed, she was told, you're not going to be allowed to go in there. She was trying to get in. So then, apparently, she uh, knew one of the marshals and prevailed on him to take the handcuffs off. She jumped the fence and went in and got her two kids out, and they're fine. She rescued her two kids. Meanwhile, shooter's still in the room, dead kids, kids uh, uh, apparently bleeding out at that point. Possibly their lives could have been saved had they moved on that room, neutralized him, and then got the, the kids that were in the process of dying, gotten them out of there, gotten them attention. Who knows if they would have been safe? We don't know. We have reports of parents who were trying to get in and were begging the police to let them get in and get in and get their children, and they were being tased. A couple of more tased we have reports of. It's a mess. Now, I can... You know what, I can go along with getting facts wrong in the early stages, and it's really quick, and everybody, you know, that's part of the media's problem with all this. The media is demanding to know what goes on in the early stages, and that's why I keep saying, and I, I'm with Gutfeld on this, everybody chill, because it's going to change a million times. Let's not speculate. Let's not run down the road, because it just doesn't make any sense it's going to change. I can deal, I can handle that, and that's exactly my position, always has been my position on these things. Let's just wait. I wasn't there. <laughs> Let's find out from the people who were there exactly what happened. But when the people who were there come on and apparently tell you a different story, and now they go back and they're correcting what looks like, in at least the the instance of the school resource officer, a deliberate untruth, I don't know. All right, so here's here's what Elaine is, is sending me now. You Valley police officers injured, not FBI. I don't think the FBI was there yet. Two Uvalde officers. Right. City councilman there says two officers were Uvalde police. One got grazed in the arm and the head, and the other one got shot in the ear. And they're the ones who stayed inside the, the class, and the rest of them came outside and decided to stay outside, make the perimeter, and then prevent parents from getting in. And we have all the video from the parents. This is not something we have to guess at. We have the video available from the parents outside, and the police tackling them and handcuffing them and not allowing them uh, to go in to retrieve their kids. Last night on Wolf Blitzer's show, he asked Texas DPS Lieutenant Chris Oliveras about this. Chris uh, just played the sound when we started the show. And Blitzer asked him why the officers waited outside, and Oliveras said because they could have been shot. Now... Uh, Wolf Blitzer said, don't current best practices call for officers to disable a shooter as quickly as possible, regardless of how many officers are actually on site. Olivera said, yes, correct. But then he went on to say why the officers at the scene had chosen to take a different approach. He said, the active shooter situation, you want to stop the killing, you want to preserve life, but also the one thing, of course, the American people need to understand, that officers are making entry into this building. They do not know where the gunman is. Well, that's in opposition to what we're being told. They knew where the gunman was because they said they they had a bead on him and they had him bunkered down in one room. So get your story straight, guys. Either you knew where he was or you didn't. 
That's also not something from the fog of war. Councilman saying you value people want all media to leave now. Calm it down and leave and let us see. Well, I agree with that. Get the heck out of there. I, I, I'm totally into that. I said that about Sutherland Springs. I said that two days ago. I said there's going to come a time when the media is going to pack up, satellite trucks going to pack up, and everything's going to calm down. But what's happening now is it's getting ramped up because of the misinformation that has come out, and people want answers. And Uvalde and the city council people down there are saying that they are, uh, if, if the officers did something wrong, they'll investigate it. Well, I'm sure they will. So Oliveris continued last night on, on Wolf Blitzer's show. They are hearing gunshots. They are receiving gunshots. At that point, if they proceed any further, not knowing where the suspect was, they could have been shot, they could have been killed, and the gunman would have had an opportunity to kill other people. That was the sound that Chris played. Well, but they knew where he was, and they said he was not shooting anymore. That the two officers that had been injured had him pinned down in that room, and he wasn't going to go anywhere. So what is the reality of all of this? Angeli Rose Gomez, mother of second grader and third grader, told the Wall Street Journal she drove that 40 miles. She was handcuffed when she got there because she tried to go in. She got the handcuffs off, jumped the fence, went again, got, got her kids. There was no good guy with a gun patrolling the school on the outside. Spokesman Eric Estrada told us that a school resource officer assigned to the elementary school exchanged fire, and then it turned out to not be true. So all of that went on, and then yesterday we heard the story, and I heard uh, Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins bring this up yesterday, that apparently one of the officers, apparently one of the officers hollers out to the kids, hey, let me know, holler if you need help. And one of the kids says, yes, we need help. And bam, the shooter shot him, killed that kid for hollering out. And then this one, I mean, it just, the story itself just keeps getting worse. Joe Garcia was the husband of Irma Garcia. Joe Garcia went to the school with flowers. She was the one that was, one of the teachers that was killed, one of the two teachers. He goes to the school with flowers, lays flowers at the pretty cross that, that the guy had made and put in front of the school for all the victims, lays flowers at her cross. By the way, Megan Markle was there yesterday too. But then Joe turns around and leaves and has a heart attack and dies. The, fa- the, the husband of one of the teachers killed. He died yesterday of a broken heart. Joe Biden says that Americans that own AR-15s are sick. And if you own an AR-15, you're a sick person. You just want to kill somebody. So the only reason to own an AR-15, says Joe Biden, that you are sick and you want to kill somebody. So happy Friday, everybody. You know, Memorial Weekend. we got a three-day weekend coming up. It's going to be sunny. It's going to be hot. Highs are going to be in the upper 90s all weekend, and a few 100s are out as well. If you'd like to jump in here at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Your thoughts, your questions, your comments, love to hear them. 73 degrees right now, KTSA. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station, News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. It's not any mystery why young boys are confused, angry, confused about their identity, angry at the world. Uh, Their natural instincts have been under attack probably the last 50, 60 years, and most acutely in the last 15 to 20 years since we turned over our culture to the pansies in Northern California and their social media apps. I love that. Jason Whitlock, man. He is just, he's a truth teller. He's a straight shooter. And I love him. Esteban and John, y'all hold on just a second. Got a couple of things to hit real quick. I'm coming to your calls. Two lines open. 210-599-5555. Buenos dias. Trey Ware here. KTSA. Three-day memorial weekend ahead of us. Another voice and another name out of, uh, out of Uvalde. Hero, Jacob Alvarado. Alvarado. Sat down in the chair to get a haircut. His wife was a teacher, is a teacher at that elementary school. She sent him a text. There's an active shooter here. He happens to be a Border Patrol agent. She said, come help. He jumps up. There's a shotgun that the uh, – you, you have to know Uvalde has been insane because of all of the illegals, okay, that have been running through there. It's been insane. That school, those schools in Uvalde – 
have been on lockdown 48 times this school year because of illegal aliens running through that that uh, running through Uvalde. There've been high speed chases, there's been gunfire exchange and all this stuff in Uvalde because of illegal aliens running through there. I mean it's just a so anyway, the barber had a shotgun in the barber shop. Thank God. And as Jacob Alborado, Border Patrol agent, when his wife, school teacher at the school, texted him, said, active shooter here, please help. He jumps up in the middle of the haircut, grabs the shotgun, and runs down and rescues 20 children, including his own daughter. 20 children. That's a hero for you. With a shotgun. Ran into the school. He didn't wait. He didn't set up a perimeter outside. He didn't sit back and hope for a ballistic shield. Jacob Alvarado grabbed a shotgun from the uh, barber uh, shop and ran down there and got 20 of those kids out of there. All right. Esteban, go right ahead. You're on. Man, I'm going to upset. Three mass shootings, three animal abusers who should have been investigated and should have never been allowed to of purchase course. in the first place. And God bless that hero. Uh, he's a real man. And as far as NRA goes, I was mentored by NRA members. And we need more of that kind of mentorship because the real men that mentored me were Men of self-control. Yeah, sure. Men, men who basically, yeah, it's a tragedy when a gun is used in self-defense, but it's the least of all tragedies possible. Right, yeah, and, yeah. And and so the NRA doesn't need to be knocked. The NRA needs to be praised because if people were raised according to those standards, there would be a whole lot less masculines out there. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm going to just say this one more time. Uh, the NRA or any law-abiding gun owner does not have to answer for what this dirtbag did the other day. This is on one person and one person only, and that's the dirtbag. That's the dead dirtbag. The NRA is not responsible for it. You're not responsible for it. I'm not responsible for it. He did it, and don't let Democrats turn it back on you. They always do. They want to take your civil liberties away. Let's be clear. John, go ahead. You're on. Hey, good morning, Trey. Um, I just want to say, did you notice how the DPS gave us a demonstration on how not to give a press conference yesterday? That was just a total train wreck. Well, it has been for three days. You know, it's just been one of those things that every time I watch, there's something different. And I, I understand, once again, I understand the fog of war, John, and the fact that early on details and facts are going to be you know, kind of sketchy, and so that's why I always hold off. I always say, man, I'm, I'm going to wait, and I'll only tell you what they tell me. That's all I'll tell you. Uh, and, and a lot of times when you're in these situations, even the officials will say, you know what, I'm not going to take any questions. We'll tell you what we know. We're not going to take any questions at this moment. So they don't have to come back and clean it up and change it around and Joe Biden it, you know. we got to have the White House clean it up now. Um, no. In this case, the, the the one thing that is glaring to me that stands out is the resource officer, because we were clearly told that a resource officer engaged this guy verbally. That's what we were told. At first, they said they, at first they said the resource officer shot at him, and they shot back and forth. And then they then that was down to no, they just had a verbal confrontation. The guy went on in the school, and that's why I said that yesterday. Why didn't he have? Why didn't he shoot him? You know, if he, if he's and now we've come to find out that was all made up. Well, that's not fog of war stuff. That's just made up. So I want to know why. Why why'd you make that part up? Yeah, it was just really they'd have been better off not having anything and just saying we're still getting everything together. Right. Instead of trying to go out there and force, you know, and then people tried and said, we're going to answer all your questions. Right. And as people started screaming questions, oh, we're done and that's walked it. off. It that's just, it. That's wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Train wreck. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Yeah, that's the deal. You walk up there and you go, okay, here's the thing, folks. Uh, this is what we know. We got kiddos in there that are dead. We've got this. We've got two teachers that are dead, and the gunman is dead. Y'all, I'll, I'll, I'll have a good day. I don't care. You can shout as many questions you want. Have a good day. That's it. City Councilman Lalo Zamara, okay, didn't want to be on with us, and he wants the media to leave. You out? You called Lalo Zamora. You called him, and he doesn't want to be on. That's fine. No problem. He wants the, the media to leave. I think that's probably a good idea. He says he's friends with the Uvalde police officers who got injured, and he said on Fox if they did something wrong, meaning Uvalde PD first on the scene, then they'll make a good report and let us know. Huh? Oh, he's covering 
for the for the media? Yeah, well, I guess might be his job. He's covering for the Uvalde PD. She says, City Councilman Lalo Zamora. Okay, well, Lalo again. I mean, you know, I, I'm friends, so you know, <laughs> friendly territory here. If you want to come on, I'm just curious. We're trying to get to you know what actually happened and what the story is. But we'll continue to take our calls from our listeners as well at two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Once again, Beto has changed. His uh, position on AR-15s, we'll tell you about that. He's going to go to the NRA and protest. Big freaking whoop. Israeli schools, this isn't a problem there. I'm going to tell you more about that. Of course, we are going to talk about Top Gun. There's other news. We're going to talk about Top Gun, Elvis, Ray Liotta. Man, what a loss. Ray Liotta. Alan White, Andy Fletch Fletcher. And then, of course, gas prices once again hit another record high. And Joe Biden says, well, suck it up, buttercup. Get ready for six bucks a gallon. So there you go. Yeah. All right, real quick, real quick. Billy, go right ahead. You're on KTSA quickly. Yeah, Trey, uh, it's kind of funny that the, the PD chief has not been talked to any or anything I've heard. He has always had a policy of not wanting his officers to pull their service revolvers on anybody or shoot anybody. How do you know that, Billy? So that's... Uh, I've got a guy working for me down there whose uh, son is on the PD. Okay. And everything. All right. We'll do and a little. Fo- we'll do a follow up on that. See. See what we can find out about. Uh, Thank you, Billy, and God bless you, man. Have a good weekend. All right. Quick break for the news. All right. Back more of your calls coming up. KTSa. Okay. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. We're talking about the situation over in Uvalde, Treyware, KTSa. I'll get you up to speed in just a second, but first let's get to these calls. I appreciate you guys holding on. Go ahead, Clint. You're on. Yes, sir. I would like to have uh, Governor Governor Abbott to immediately do away with gun-free zones in the state of Texas and then mandate a weapons training for every adult in Texas schools and give them the weapon to protect our kids and themselves. Yeah, I'd like to see that as well. I don't know that that's you know that's not going to happen, but I, I I would like to see at least there are no such things as a gun-free zone. And and no more signs to say gun-free zone. I like the signs that say our teachers are trained, our teachers are armed, and we will do whatever is necessary to protect and defend our kiddos. Thank you, Clint. Let's go to Ernie. Ernie, you're on KTSA. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, good morning, uh, Trey. Uh, uh, what I uh, I know I don't know if you noticed or not, but what I noticed when they first had that news conference, uh, the police just stood there, man, and congratulated each other for have for the news conference it should just be a nice thank you to, to all law enforcement officers and that's it all right thank you Arnie. i appreciate it 210-599-5555 so you got media that uh, dis- <coughs> excuse me descends on a small town that is completely unprepared <coughs> for the onslaught of the media that comes in and then you have media that comes in with agendas we do know that that media has an agenda. Not all, not all media, but there are a number of them, many of them, and you know who they are because we talk about it here on this show. And they go there with an agenda, and the agenda is the Democrat agenda of gun control. So they're there forcing their agenda into the narrative that's coming out of law enforcement who's trying to give the updates and the information. You have politicians who show up. You even had a I don't know. You don't call her a queen. What do you call? Do you call her a prince? What is Meghan Markle? She's a duchess. A duchess, right? You had her show up yesterday. So you have politicians who show up from both sides. The Democrat politicians who show up, they have an agenda too, which is what gun control. We got to get the guns away. So they're there influencing and screwing up the situation. And then you have citizens who rightly are demanding answers as to what's going on. So catching you up to speed on what's happening here, and i got to move really fast because my time, I'm telling you, man, they've cut my time back on this show, and it is super limited. So i got to get right to the situation. The situation is everything that we were told early on is turning out to not be so. There was no resource officer. There was no engagement by a resource officer. They had told us that, and now that story is different. 
The door was completely unlocked when the protocols say the doors have to be locked, and the door was completely unlocked, so he had access. The front door was locked. The back door that he went into was unlocked. When the officers tried to go in the front door, they had to wait for a key to be delivered. They had to wait for a custodian to get there with the key to let the police officers in. So it took an hour from the time this whole thing happened and the police arrived, approximately 1144, it took an hour for the guy to get there, uh, presumably from Eagle Pass, that took the guy out, that shot him and killed him. Meanwhile, parents had showed up, and parents wanted to go in themselves. A perimeter had set up by police. Police had retreated. Police had taken themselves out. And Texas DPS Lieutenant Chris Oliveris was asked by Wolf Blitzer last night, why didn't they go in? We thought that was the protocol. Oliveris said because they could have been shot. Well, that's unsatisfactory as far as I'm concerned. That's kind of your job. You could be shot if you're a cop. That can happen. Now, again, I'm a big friend with Leo, and I'm I'm willing to hear what that is all about. We're hearing reports this morning from Lawrence Jones over on Fox News that the two that were injured were inside. They had an eye on the room, and the guy wasn't going to be able to leave the room. I don't know if that's true or not. You know what, guys? I don't know what's true or not anymore. I think this whole thing has been so screwed up beyond recognition that you're not real clear as to what it is. And now we have city councilman who Elaine talked to this morning, invited him to come on. He didn't want to come on. He just wants the media to leave. And that's fine, whatever. He just wants the media to leave. But we have reports now about the cops who were there on the scene. Parents were showing up. One mama drove 40 miles to get there. She tried to get over the fence to get into the school. She was handcuffed. She talked to another officer who took the handcuffs off. She went in and got her two kids out. We have the guy who was a Border Patrol agent who was down the street getting his hair cut at a barbershop. His wife was a teacher. She texted him and said, active shooter, please help. He grabbed a shotgun there at the uh, at the barbershop and went down there and took 20 kids out. Got 20 kids out of there on his own. Not even on duty. He was off duty getting a haircut. And the reason there's a shotgun at the barbershop's office, folks, you have to know, Uvalde's been a war zone. This, These schools in Uvalde have been shut down 48 times this year for active situations around there. Not kids that were active shooters, but illegal aliens who have been going through the area being chased by Border Patrol. It's been a it's been chaos in Uvalde, but shut down 48 times. There's crime that's that's gone through the roof because of illegal aliens in the area. If you remember when the crash of the truck happened, it was first reported that was an illegal alien, and at 11:15 or 11:30, 11:45, when I saw the tweet, that's what everybody on the day that it happened, that's what everybody thought it was. They thought that Border Patrol had chased an illegal alien there because it's a, a common occurrence, and gunfire sometimes is exchanged, and all. It's just a total. Total mess. 210-599-5555. Pete, go ahead. You're on. Hey, Trey, I want to talk about Beto O'Rourke and that little stunt he pulled over there. That was an information that was press conference, and then he turned it into a political debate. Him and who, I mean, Joaquin Castro and all these Democrats, they're making uh, – they're, they're taking a crisis – and making which is sad, they're taking the sad crisis and they're making it into a, in, into a political thing for them, and and that's this is what's disgusting. And I I don't blame the your city councilman down over there in Uvalde that just wants the media to get the heck out of there. Yeah, you know I I don't blame them. Yeah, thank you, know? you thank you, Pete. I appreciate the call. All right, let's go to Olin. You're on KTSa. Go ahead, Olin. Yes, sir. I was going to pass on. I don't know if you're aware of it, but I saw on Fox News when I left home this morning down down in Texas, down on the border. They arrested four other individuals that supposedly were trying to commit the same kind of crime. They arrested four other individuals with what now, Olin? Say it again. Down in Donna, Texas, it said they were going to shoot up a school. 
Yeah, oh, yeah. No, that's right. I talked about that yesterday. That happened yesterday morning while I was on the air. I brought it up. Uh, also over in Houston, they found an AK-47 in a house of a kid over in Houston who had said he was going to shoot up a school. Also in Northside here uh, and uh, and Seguin yesterday. So the copycat thing is I, I told, you know, I've been talking about the copycat thing. In fact, one of the things I mentioned on Ware and Rima a couple of days ago was if the schools can do it, just call it a year, you know. Just call it a year because this is stupidity now that's that's reigning supreme. Brad, go ahead. You're on KTSA. Trey, I remember when I swore into the Army a long, long, long time ago, me and two other kids were not going to be Rangers or infantry or anything like that. But the soldier's creed, brother, I serve uh, to defend this country and our way of life. If necessary, I'm prepared to give my life in their defense. I don't think these school resource officers and a lot of these cops in Uvalde ever have made any similar kind of a pledge or an oath, and it breaks my heart because, yes, if you're a fireman, you might have to run into a house and be burned to death. If you're a cop, you might have to take enemy fire, criminal fire, whatever. Uh, If somebody's afraid of getting shot, they pick the wrong business. They should put down the badge and hang up the pistol and go go to work driving a truck or something because that's just inexcusable that they didn't run in there. And guns blazing. Yeah, I guess you have to worry about kids, but most of the kids are going to be laying down on the ground when the cops show up. They've been trained to to get down low. Well, the main thing, and Brad, thank you. It's a very good analogy with the firemen. The main thing is you want to make entry there. You want to neutralize the threat because some of those kids, we are told, were bleeding out. And, and, you know, how many could have been saved had they received? Could have saved a lot of them. They they might not have been able to get up and walk right away. Don't know. You'll never know. Uh, that's, that, there you go. You'll never know. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate it. Rusty, go right ahead. You're on. Hi, Trey. They, um, you know, they keep asking, what could you do? And, and this may seem minor, but, you know, the mental health thing. So the HIPAA laws that they have are so restrictive that doctors, family, you can't get information out on your own, on your own family members because they, doctors and nurses won't talk to you. I think the HIPAA laws need to be going, need to go away. All right, man. Thank you, Rusty. I appreciate it. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. And then insult to injury, guys. Just amazing. Joe Garcia, the husband of Irma Garcia, one of the teachers that died. He died of a broken heart yesterday. Had a heart attack after placing flowers at the scene of her death. He went there with some flowers, placed them at the cross that was there in front of the school where she died, and then he left and. When he had a heart attack and died himself. It's just the way this story has gone from the very get-go. 210-599-5555. More of your calls coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA. Guests of the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware appear courtesy of the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. This community is broken right now. When no community should have to go through that in this community. And for a person to come in there and start that crap, I, I have no respect for that and the haters that hate that send me the emails and the texts, to hell with you too. Well, Don's talking this morning about Top Gun being a $200 million movie this weekend. Yeah, it will be. Got an eight-minute standing O at Cannes. Eight minutes. Elvis got a 12-minute standing O at Cannes. By the way, uh, thanks to Annie Fry, St. Louis. And all you folks who are up in St. Louis who are listening this morning, I was on her show yesterday at 12 noon, and a lot of you reached out to me and said you're going to be streaming the show. So if you're listening to this show in St. Louis this morning by stream, great to have you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Annie. Ray Liotta died. Man, he was Henry Hill, of course, in Goodfellas, but so many other great things, man. Other, you know, Think about uh, Shooters Joe Jackson, Field of Dreams. And the other wonderful movies and great work that he did. We'll, I don't have time right now to get into all of it. We will a little bit later on. We're going to talk about Hannibal and everything else. You know, I'm the, I'm the least cool guy in the building, so, but I'm also a motorcycle guy. And, and Wild Hogs was fun too. It was. It just was because it true, it, it is true. There are guys out there in the motorcycle community that really are wild hogs. They're doctors yeah, or whatever. Right. And they're nerds and they yeah. think that they're really cool, you know, some sort of biker gang when they get out. And you have, you have guys who are, you know, Ray Liotta out there in the biking community. Is that, well. He was. He yeah. was. Yes, he was. Yeah. And, and Peter Fonda was his dad. Yeah, but in Wild Hogs, right, yeah. and Peter Fonda was in the biking community. Yeah. Ray Liotta also did the uh, commercials for 1800 Tequila and got me to try it one time. 
and it was really good, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Uh, Alan White from uh, from Yes passed away, and Andy Fletch Fletcher from Pesh Mode passed away yesterday too, as well. Back in a minute. The place for breaking news. Get the late breaking stories right away. And where news breaks. The latest updates are on all this. This is the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware. Good information. Now on FM 1071. All right, uh, it, it is Friday. Trey Ware, KTSA. 210-599-5555. An updated timeline now about what... Now, DPS, now what authorities are telling us in just a second. But first, remember, we're headed into a three-day weekend, Memorial Weekend. It's going to be sunny and hot, and it's all about burning burgers and fries and dogs and all that stuff and having a good time with your friends and family. Uh, But it's really all about remembering those who gave their lives while in service to the armed forces of the United States of America throughout the history of our great nation. And, yes, we have a great nation. I don't care what Democrats say. This is the greatest nation that has ever existed on God's green earth, Barack Obama. But the fact of the matter is we stand on the shoulders of those who are right over here at Fort Sam National Cemetery, at Arlington, the other national cemeteries across the country. We owe everything that we are in this nation to them and to the God that we serve. So please take time to remember them, take time to honor them. And if you have a loved one who served and died in service to our nation, we would love to hear from you and their name at 210-599-5555. Well, the story continues to change out of Uvalde and change not in a little way but in a drastic way. So here's the new timeline, and the phones are up at 210-599-5555. So you can call with your comments, questions, and thoughts about the situation over in Uvalde, which is still active and still hot as far as the media presence there. And you just heard that Joe Biden is going to be coming in on Sunday. The uh, now Right now, the uh, folks from Uvalde and the city council are asking that everybody just leave and go away. But here's what we know now as being reported by authorities there. At 1128 or thereabouts, the shooter crashed that truck and then shot at some guys either crossing the street to see if he needed help or who had not made it across the street yet, but he did shoot at them, we're told. Approximately 1140, he came across the yard. We've all seen the video of him carrying the long gun across the yard. There was no resource officer. We were told there was. We were told a couple of stories. First of all, the resource officer and him exchanged gunfire. That changed into there was no gunfire, but there was a resource officer, and as of now, there was no resource officer. So at about 11.40, he entered an unlocked door. All the doors were supposed to be locked. He entered an unlocked door. A lot of questions about that, folks. A lot of questions about all of this now, especially in a place like Uvalde, where that school uh, school district has had 48 shutdowns this year alone. 48 times that school district has had to close their schools because right now they've got a huge problem with illegal aliens. We're talking about schools going into lockdown 48 times this year alone because there's been a lot of chases there with illegal aliens and sometimes gunfire exchanged. It's a huge hotbed activity of illegal aliens in Uvalde, and that's originally what was thought was happening here because a lot of times the illegal aliens will crash, and uh, they thought that this was a chase and a crash initially, but it was not, obviously. 11.44, police responded and arrived. A couple of them apparently made entry, but then they all retreated outside and set up a perimeter outside. At approximately 11.54, parents arrived and started to demand that police do something. Police were outside, and they refused to make entry into the school. While the shooter, the suspect, was still alive inside, he had apparently shot many of the children already. But one of the big problems here, they would not allow parents to go inside handcuffing one mama, she said, as she tried to climb the fence. One of the officers handcuffed her. She came from 40 miles away when she heard that that was going on. She prevailed upon another officer to let her go, and she went inside. She jumped the fence and ran inside and got her two children to safety. There was another uh, off-duty Border Patrol agent who was down at the barbershop getting his hair cut. 
His wife was a teacher in the school. She texted him and said, active shooter, please come help. He picked up a shotgun in the barbershop. The reason there's a shotgun in the barbershop is because the entire area is infested with illegal alien activity. So everybody is having to protect themselves. And, yes, a shotgun in the barbershop. This off-duty Border Patrol agent grabs the shotgun. He goes down to the scene and makes it into the school and saves 20 children, gets 20 children out himself, by himself, while the other officers reportedly are still outside in the perimeter. Lots of questions about that. There are reports unconfirmed or unofficial. They've come in from the parents that were there, and we've seen a lot of these videos of parents that were trying to make entry to go in and get their kids, and they were tased by officers. It wasn't until an hour later at 12.45 that the Border Patrol agents showed up and killed the suspect an hour later. Now, of course, there are a myriad of questions that go into that. First of all, The police said that they were waiting for negotiators to show up so that they could negotiate with the guy because they thought they had a hostage situation. Now, they knew they had an active shooter, and they knew that children had been shot. They said that, but then they figured there was a hostage situation, so we're waiting for ballistics. We're waiting for a a barrier that our officers can stand behind. What one of the guys said, Texas DPS Lieutenant Chris Olivares, He told uh, Wolf Blitzer on CNN last night the reason that the officers didn't go in is because they, the officers, could have been shot. Well, that's true. The officers could have been shot. So the big question now for a lot of the parents is, since the officers set up the perimeter outside and they wouldn't make entry and they wouldn't allow parents to go in, how many of the kids might have survived their gunshot wounds? We'll never know the answer to that, guys. We just simply won't. Because the officers did not make entry because, according to DPS Lieutenant Chris Oliveris, they might have been shot as well. And that would have added insult to injury. So the Border Patrol agent showed up. He was able to somehow make entry and somehow ended up shooting and killing the suspect. Now, that's the latest information as we have it right now. There are lots of other stories that go along with this story. And it's almost as if you're adding insult to injury with with some of these stories. But you've got now the husband of one of the teachers that died. Her name was Irma Garcia. Joe Garcia went and laid flowers at her cross in front of the school yesterday. Went home and had a heart attack and died. Then there's the story of the brave 11-year-old girl who was in the classroom where the shooter was. Her friend next to her shot, killed, covered in blood. The 11-year-old girl covered herself in blood and played dead so the shooter would not kill her. And then the story of the other 10-year-old who then picked up the dead teacher's phone and called 911. Incredible stories now beginning to emerge out of there, but there's some really upset parents down in uh, Uvalde right now wanting to know why the police would not make entry or allow them in. Lawrence Jones from over at Fox News is saying that there were two officers there who stayed on the door while waiting for the team to show up to take the guy out. He says even while the two officers were shot, they stayed on the door and waited for the tactical team because the local police didn't have the training that the tactical team has, and they were waiting for the tactical team. They also, Olivera said last night they were waiting for a negotiator to come and negotiate with the guy. So which is it? They were waiting for a tactical team to take him out, or they were waiting for a negotiator to negotiate and talk with him to get him out? I don't know the answer, which it could be both. They might have wanted to talk to him, They whatever. But the heartbreak of the parents is evident in the videos that they have posted because they were trying to get in and the police were refusing to let them in. Police were handcuffing the parents as they tried to get over the fence to get into the building and the police were refusing to go in and the police say the reason they wouldn't go in is because they they may have been shot. That's what they said. Not my words. I rely on the information that comes from officials. 
I don't speculate or do willy-nilly talking to you. I make sure that I tell you what they say. And that's what they have said as of right now. 210-599-5555. And let's go to Joe on line one. Joe, you're on KTSA. Go right ahead. Hi, Trey. Um, I've been a paramedic for a couple of decades, and you just made a comment that you said you don't know how many would have survived had people got in there. No, no, no. What I I said was the parents are upset because they have questions if their child would have survived, yes. Well, here's here's the fact. Um, A a study was done a couple of years ago where they looked at the autopsy reports of 1,700 victims of mass shootings, and of those 1,700 victims, uh, only seven victims would have survived if there was a, a paramedic or a first responder standing next to them at the time they were shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in mass shootings. Yeah. Joe, are you there? I think we lost you, Joe. No, I I, to- I totally believe that, Joe, because of the um, – we have heard – the. I don't, I don't want to get graphic at 617 in the morning, but we have heard the stories of, of how disfigured the bodies are. Uh, some of them not even recognizable. One marshal would not even let the daddy see his son because he was so disfigured. So I completely believe that. But the parents, I mean, they're standing outside, and they're trying to get the police to go in and do something, and they're thinking now that, you know, maybe my kid could have been saved, possibly. Eleazar, go ahead. You're on KTSA. Hey, could you, could you imagine an 18-year-old Army private telling his sergeant, I'm not going to go in to clear that room because I could get killed. And then that army sergeant going to his commander and saying the mission failed because we could have gotten killed. I can't even imagine that. Thank you. I appreciate the call. 210-599-5555. Traffic and AccuWeather coming up in more of your calls. You can get it said right here. Questions, comments? 210-599-5555. Hey, this is David Van Camp from Markley Van Camp and Robbins celebrating 100 years of service on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. KTSA and Kitchen Designs by Giovanni presenting Operation Interdependence 2022 now through July 4th. We are collecting needed items for our troops deployed around the world. If you'd like a list of those items that we need at the drop-off location, just go to KTSA.com. It's brought to you in part by Airtron Window World, the Institute for Functional Health, Precision Window, Mr. Sparky, and Specs. Yummy, 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 yummy as well. The good guy with a gun. Uh, uh, folks, the, the phone just dropped him. Uh, Elaine, the phone just dropped him. The good guy with a gun is not a myth. Uh, Chris, you may have to bring him up. I'm sorry to do this on the air, but my phone is cutting people off. So, The good guy with a gun is not a myth. The good guy with a gun is reality. The good guy with a gun is the guy that stops the bad guy with a gun. And in the ensuing hours after this, the Democrats were jumping up and down saying, see, good guys with a gun can't stop the bad guys with a gun because there was a good guy with a gun that was there. And it simply wasn't true. There was no good guy with a gun that was there. There was no resource officer on the grounds. And the police were now finding out, made entry, and then retreated and set up a perimeter outside. But it is a truism that a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. All right, is he on 12? He's on 12. All right. And the original good guy with a gun here in our area and across the country is Stephen Williford. I saw Stephen the other night on uh, on Fox News, and he's now joining me here on the Stephen Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. Brother, how are you? I'm, my heart's heavy. Yeah. Uh, it, it's tough. Yeah. And these things need to stop happening. When you, Stephen, heard about the, the police originally making entry and then going out and setting up a perimeter, we, we all know your story in Sutherland Springs. You were in your shorts, and you barefoot, you grabbed your gun, and you went out and you neutralized the threat in Sutherland Springs, a real hero. What do you think about what you're hearing coming out of Uvalde now? I can't believe it, and and I, I want to give the police the benefit of the doubt. Yes. But you know, and and please please prove me wrong. But the videos that I saw weren't encouraging. Yeah, the videos um, uh, show the parents screaming and trying to get to him and even being handcuffed. Yeah, and and an, one officer holding his taser at a 45 degree yeah. at ready position, uh, 
to hold the parents back. And yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just thinking if that's the case, if it was still active. If it was still active and those forty law enforcement officers were in the I believe I would have had to run past them. Well, and that's uh, that's the, that's the question, right? That everybody has because you actually had to face somebody. You you faced an active shooter. You shot an active shooter, and you neutralized the threat. And he was quite, as you told me, sitting in my backyard one day. He was quite surprised when he saw you and you hit him, and he was like, uh, "Wow, where did that come from?" Um, my point is, they're telling us that they were going to bring in a negotiation team and negotiate with these guys. These guys can't be negotiated with, can they? There is no negotiation. Once you start killing innocent people, I'm sure someone in that room probably tried to, that teacher or someone would have tried to negotiate with them. The negotiations were over when he barricaded inside that room and systematically went and shot every child. You uh, train consistently. Um, You're the most well-known good guy with a gun probably on planet Earth, and you train consistently in what needs to be done. We know police train for this as well. Do you see any reason at all why, Stephen, they they wouldn't make entry and go in and neutralize the threat? Does any of it make sense to you? None of it makes sense. Again, uh, I'm I'm still willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Of course. You know, I don't want to jump to the conclusion that when those videos were taken that it was still an active situation and those officers were outside. I don't want to jump to that conclusion. It looked like that. But I want to give the police the benefit of a doubt here. But as long as he's in that building and and shots are being fired, they should have been in that building. He's a threat. He's a threat, right? And and they figure they, they're, they're telling us that they figured they had him pinned down in a room and he wasn't a threat to anybody else. But it seems to me he'd be a threat to every other student, every other child that's in that school as long as he's in there and armed. He supposedly had 750 rounds. That's that's major damage. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's, let's wrap this up uh, with the good guy with a gun because I firmly believe, you know, right now the politicians want to take our civil rights away and our gun rights away from us, and they want to take our guns away from us. Joe Biden said yesterday... That Americans who own AR-15s are sick people who just want to kill somebody. Stephen, let me ask you. You own AR-15s. You, you've actually built guns, too. Are you a sick person and you just want to kill somebody? I think yeah, I think people will have to judge me for who I am and judge me in their own minds. But, but no, I don't think I'm a sick person for wanting to defend my, my community, uh, defend my country, and... I want to say that, you know, we have the answer for these things, and what that is is the the school guardian program. Yes, sir. And schools have the opportunity to to take part in the guardian program and and train teachers and faculty to carry guns in the school. Israel does this. Yes, sir. Uh, That that school chose not to take part of the guardian program. Yep. And... And I, I think we need to, as a nation, also get rid of gun-free zones. Yep. Because good guys with guns, good men and women with guns, always outnumber the bad guys. But there's restrictions on where we can go. And some lady said, where was your constitution when this happened? And, and my answer to that is, if you hadn't hamstrung our constitution then this may have been a different story altogether. And I do want to say at this moment, I am sponsored by and employed by GOA, Gun Owners of America. And you can go to, to gunowners.org and please sign up. Yeah, it's a good organization. Thank you, Stephen. Have a great weekend. I appreciate your time and your thoughts this morning. You're always uh, able to do that for us. And thank you very much. Stephen Williford, the good guy. With a gun, I said it yesterday, and I'll say it again, folks. That first of all, this guardian program it should not should not be voluntary. It should be mandatory. This should be the way it is at every school. There should be no more gun-free zones in our schools.
And as far as the laws are concerned, I had a family member out of Austin text me yesterday and asked, do you think that we need changes to the gun laws? And I said, yes, we need changes to the gun laws. They need to go away. The Second Amendment is all the gun law you need. That's it. You don't need any more. The Second Amendment covers it. The Second Amendment is enough gun law. Look, when the government, no joke, when the government gets involved in anything, whether it's education, they drove up the cost of education, right? Now you've got a crisis with the cost of higher education in this country because that's when the price went up, when the government got involved. Same thing with health care. Health care was fine, and a lot of people paid in cash. They went to their doctor and paid the, paid the doctor bill, wrote a check or paid in cash back then. Guess what? Can't do that anymore. When government got involved, they drove up the price of health care. And we didn't have this kind of shooting, senseless shooting stuff going on until they layered law on top of law on top of law on the Second Amendment. Repeal them all, get back to the Second Amendment. That's all the law you need. Quick break, more of your calls coming up. Kendall, you will be first when I come back. 210-599-5555. Some lady said, well, was your constitution when this happened? And and my answer to that is, if you had not hamstrung our constitution then this may have been a different story altogether we got some breaking news for you happening right now as we speak and i'm going to come to your phone calls 210-599-5555 um early on in this there were um stories that were circulating on the internet but at that time they were just internet stories about in 2018 four years ago that two uvalde middle schoolers had been arrested for making saying that they were going to do this in 2022, and there was a 13- and a 14-year-old were plotting a mass casualty event against the school in May of 2018. Uvalde Chief of Police Daniel Rodriguez said the two teenagers were largely influenced by the Columbine High School attack, even referring to themselves by the names of the two shooters that carried out the massacre in Columbine in 1999. The students were infatuated with the Columbine High School shootings, identified themselves to the shooters or as the shooters. One of them allegedly went to live in, like, the Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico. Representative Tony Gonzalez just now confirmed that the second uh, kid, the second teenager, was the shooter from this week that he had predicted when he was in middle school or said when he was in middle school that he was going to, in 2022, do this. So here's the deal. The authorities knew this guy said he was going to do this in 2022. According to, again, according to Representative Tony Gonzalez right now, there's some breaking news for you. Representative Tony Gonzalez said he confirmed that last night that one of the guys, one of the 13 or 14-year-olds, who in 2018 said that they were going to do this in 2022, was the shooter. That's from Congressman Tony Gonzalez. Kendall, you're on KTSA. Good morning to you. Morning, Sheriff. Hey, I love your show, man. I listen every morning. Thank you, sir. Uh, so I was listening to a play on Buck yesterday about this, and uh, they had a, a SWAT, a Miami SWAT commander call in, and uh, he said, that as soon as you hear a gunshot, it's no longer a hostage situation. You get your ass in there as fast as you can. Your people are dying. Yes, I've been told the same thing over and over again by people who specialize in this and people who do this for a living, and they say, yeah, like Stephen Williford said in the last half hour, when the gunshots start to ring out, there's no more hostage negotiation. There's no negotiating uh, with these people, and he has more, uh, obviously, real-world experience in it than anybody else. But it's a non-negotiable situation at that point. It's on. It's time to get in. It's time to neutralize the threat. It's time to end this. And, yes, officers do get shot. And what Officer Olivares told us last night on, uh, on, on Wolf Blitzer's show was that the reason the officers retreated and went outside was because the officers may have been shot themselves. That's, that's infuriating a whole bunch of people. But this new story from Congressman uh, Tony Gonzalez this morning, we had told you that that was on the Internet, that those two kids were caught, those middle schoolers were caught in 2018. But Tony Gonzalez is confirming now that one of them, he confirmed it late last night, one of them 
was actually the shooter, and he had said in 2018, when 2022 comes around, I'm going to do, when, when I'm 18, in 2022, I'm going to take people out of school. All right, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Call in with your questions and comments. Guests of the 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware appear courtesy of the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. KTSA and Kitchen Designs by Giovanni presenting Operation Interdependence 2022 now through July 4th. We are collecting needed items for our troops deployed around the world. And for a complete list of those items needed in the drop-off locations, just go to KTSA.com. Brought to you in part by Airtron, Window World, the Institute for Functional Health, Precision Windows, and Mr. Sparky Inspects as well. Just real quick here, I want to say good morning to Robert, who is listening online up in St. Louis. I was on the Annie Fry show yesterday, and now he's uh, streaming KTSA. Elaine, who is uh, Elaine, who is uh, streaming us in Germany this morning. And Ross and Hope, who are streaming us over in Florida this morning. Thank you guys for making this show international, listening to us uh, all around the world, indeed, and across uh, the 50 golden states of the United States. Uh, Some of the questions that have been flowing in, do they even have a resource officer over there? Good question, because it depends on who you ask and when. Uh, In all probability, God, I even hate to speculate. I'm not even going to. I was just going to say, in all probability, they probably have one for all the schools. But I, I, who knows? We've been told yes, and we've been told no. Nope, there was nobody there. We've been told the door was locked. Now the door was open. We've been told the cops were inside. We were told the cops were outside making a perimeter. We were told the cops were worried about getting shot, so they made a perimeter outside, prevented parents from getting in, and were ready to taser parents and did indeed handcuff parents who wanted to get in to the place. We've been told 47,000 different stories as this thing has been going on. What a mess we're waking up to this morning. All right, Debbie, you're on KTSA with Trey. Go right ahead. So true, and good morning. Hey, first, I just want everybody to remember everyone deployed. It's Friday where we do that. That's right. Why why we really have Memorial Day. You bet. And more important, we need Joe Biden to stay home. That's right. There have been other events that have gone, and they've asked the president not to come. Yep. And if they're asking the media to go away, they don't need him. He is going to come and say, I'm going to take away your guns. And I hope somebody asks before Sunday for them not to come because that's horrible. They don't need to go over there at all. Serves no purpose uh, whatsoever, particularly with his asinine, dumbass remark that he made yesterday where he said that Americans who own AR-15s are sick people who just want to kill people. That is true. He has no business. You know, he's the guy, remember, he's the guy who said, to protect your home, just get a shotgun and go out in the backyard and shoot it up in the air. That protects your home. He's a dumbass when it comes to guns, and the man has no standing when it comes to this situation. Buy shotgun. Yeah, buy shotgun, he said. So, yes, Joe Biden said yesterday, if you own an AR-15, you're a sick person and you just want to kill people. What, what an ass. What a total ass. Thank you, Debbie. Let's go to let's go to Mike. You're on KTSA. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, I'm I'm down here in the southern part of uh, Texas, close to Uvalde. I told you I'm a truck driver. Hey, listen. Uh, you know these people. Um, they I, I don't really appreciate these people. You know, saying what they saying about the police. The police. Who's who's dumb enough? I know it's your child. But you're only going to hurt yourself if you run into a building with with no weapon on. The, the man is in there with an AR. I mean, uh, rifle gunning down people. What What do you think is going to happen if you run in that school with no with no weapon and you're going to get gunned down and then you're going to be among those 21 people? But let me let me say this right quick about the um, about this situation because this really pisses me off. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying you know making a big deal out of this. This this this, this should have never happened. You know how many we've already had 27 mass shootings. I mean, school shootings this year in in in, uh, in 2022 alone. We shouldn't even be talking about this. Uh, that should have been stopped a long time ago. These schools, they need to be locked down. It's a shame that a school has to be locked down like a prison, but that's what it looks like it's going to have to come to. Because like I heard a guy say on TV yesterday, you never see nobody walking into a, a state penitentiary and gunning down prisoners in there. It looks like that's what we're going to have to do to, with the uh, schools in America. We have and to the harden the schools. Let me tell you, Mike, thank you. I always appreciate hearing from you. We have to harden the schools. I've said it, and I've said it to, to, to be hyperbolic to make the point, but it's true. Those children's lives, our children's lives, are more important than all the gold in Fort Knox. 
and you're not going to be able to get into Fort Knox. You, you can't even go to the bank on the corner and do what was done Tuesday in Uvalde. You can't do it. We have to harden the schools, damn it. Sick of it. Harden the schools. A, a, an, an unlocked door, no resource officer, when we're having all these shootings at the schools? Hey, these guys want to shoot kids. It's not like they're walking in somewhere else and shooting people. They are, I mean, on occasion, but their main target is the schools. Why? Because it gets all of the attention. Elon's right. Quit saying their names. Elon Musk said yesterday, why are you giving them all this attention? That's what they seek. That's what they crave. And by the way, the Israeli model, and I don't have time now, but I'll, I'm going to talk about the Israeli model of schools during where in Rima, and we should take a serious hard look at that. Is this my friend, Richard? Yes, how are you doing? Great. Doing well. Real quick, uh, you do online search in the CDC stats, uh, abortion numbers you can get. I did the math, 1,713 children per day, every day. Why are Democrats okay with that? Yeah. I contend yeah. Planned Parenthood has a higher body count than the NRA does. Yeah, I, let me tell you something, Richard, and thank you for the call. I made that a point uh, this week, and I, I make it over and over again. That the Democrats, you know, look, they have no standing whatsoever in this. They're the ones who support killing children every day. Do, would you like for me to say it again? Democrats support killing children every day. So when they say, we want to take your guns away, they say, nobody can go to a school and kill people, but it's okay if they go into a medical facility and kill people. That's okay, as far as Democrats are concerned. Even they testified last week, a baby that is being delivered, you can kill it, as far as they're concerned. So I don't want to hear anything from Democrats about school shootings because they have no standing on that when they are supporting the killing of, of innocent children every single day. That's the official position of the Democrat Party. Remember, they booed God. When there was a, an attempt at saying a prayer in their convention a few years ago, and the name God was brought up, remember, they booed God. That's your Democrat Party. That's your Democrat Party of today. Now, it's a, it's a, it's a party of baby killers is what the Democrat Party is. So let's be clear about it. We don't need to BS each other. If, you're, if you support killing babies every single day through the act of abortion, then you have no right to say anything about school shootings. Once you decide that you're going to stand up for life in the womb and stand up for the life that's coming down the birth canal, then you might be able to say something about school shootings. 11.28, apparently the shooter crashed, shot at two guys. At 11.40, he entered an unlocked door. 11.44, police responded apparently and then retreated and set up a perimeter outside. 11.54, parents arrived and demanded the police do something. Police handcuffed a couple of the parents, acted like they were going to tase somebody. An hour later, the Border Patrol showed up to kill the suspect. Warren Rima coming up next, KTSA.